Hey, what's going on? And thank you for checking out a solo episode of Winning at Work. And this is the show all about how to help you live a really awesome life and more importantly, the life that you live between nine to five. We all face different challenges at work and sometimes we need a little help with how to navigate those challenges. Today, I want to talk about something about helping to prevent Zoom fatigue and not only Zoom fatigue, but just really how to make you a better speaker. Tomorrow, I'll actually be sharing this presentation with uh, some of the graduate students at uh, George Washington University. And I wanted to have a, a place to share my thoughts first so that in the presentation, I can really um, do a good job. So you're going to hear it first. This is groundbreaking news. Uh, although sometimes I feel like Patrick Lencioni, where he says that, you know, he's here to remind people of what they already know. But really, why do we want to have effective communication at work? Well, it's simple. Uh, one reason is we want to make sure that we get our point across, that we're heard. Uh, we also want to make sure that we make sure that we get, uh, oh, hey, hey, Candice. Yep. Zoom fatigue is real. Glad you're, I'm speaking on the topic. Yeah, we're all in meetings, right? Where we're staring at screens. And even now you're staring at a screen. But the, the point of talking today is to help you become a better speaker, better communicator uh, and engage with your audience in a way that uh, is more memorable and allows people to retain more of what you have to say. Why is that important? It's important because you want to get ahead in your career. You also want to make sure that you are doing everything you can to make your, your company successful, make your team successful. And sometimes we miss that mark when it comes to communication. Oftentimes we think communication has happened, but really it did not. And we may have things in our head about the way we expect things to go. But reality is we don't always aren't, aren't the best in, uh, in clarity. So today I want to walk you through really my process for how I come up with messaging, whether I'm speaking in a, a webinar or whether I'm addressing a client or if I'm just talking with my team. Uh, I want to share with you some, the five steps that I kind of go through to make sure that I'm preparing something that's memorable. But first, I want to ask you, you know, what's the foundation of effective communication? Is it that you uh, have the right outfit on? Is it that your voice projects the right way? Is it that you, you know, you're, you're talking to the right audience? Is it that you are, you know, some of the things we think about when we prioritize what effective communication is? Did you pay a lot of money for, for your, your setup? Uh, if it's a, a, a great camera, a great sound, all that stuff. No, um, that's not the most important thing when it comes to communicating. Whether you're speaking to an audience of, of one or you're speaking to an audience of a million, uh, the reality is, is that the foundation for effective communication and this is what Maya Angelou says. She says, people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And think about for a second, some of the, the TV shows that you watch or the uh, podcast that you listen to or the uh, leaders that you follow on LinkedIn or that you subscribe to their email inboxes. You may not remember the last blog they wrote. You may not remember the last episode of a television show. But you always remember how you feel when you uh, engage with that show or when you um, hear that person speak or when you read that person's words. 
And so I want you to think about that as the fundamental guideline of what makes success uh, at work when it comes to communicating is how you make people feel. Because if you ask someone verbatim, hey, what was covered? What were the five things that were discussed? Maybe some people will remember two, maybe a smaller group will remember three, maybe even a smaller group is actually writing things down so they will have all five. But ultimately what matters most is people will remember what you um, what was covered if you made them feel something that was positive or healthy or exciting. So uh, really the, the key here when you're thinking about Zoom and when you're thinking about hopping on to a whatever you're communicating is if you're there, there, you're usually speaking for one of two reasons. You're either there to inform people or to entertain people. And the best speakers are folks that can do both. If you are leading a staff meeting, right? You want to make sure that you're conveying information, but maybe you want to do it in a way that gets people's attention. You know, we hear talking heads all the time. Uh, we can drown out, you know, noise and words and voices that uh, aren't, aren't, aren't um, you know, resonating with us. So always think about, you know, how do you want to make someone feel before you, you step into a, a meeting? Um, do you want to be uplifting? Do you want to be encouraging? Do you want to be cautious? Do you want people to feel hopeful, inspired, angry, upset, uh, whatever you want people to feel? It's better to be in charge of that emotion and, and think about that emotion up front than for people to make their own thoughts and expectations about how you made them feel. So number one is if you can make sure that you're, you're guiding the, the thoughts uh, and, and ways that people are thinking, you'll be on the right track for being an effective communicator. Uh, but but when, you, when you're talking to a, a group of adults, you're either teaching them something new or informing them about something that you want them to take action on, uh, or you're entertaining, and sometimes you're doing both. So uh, there was an article in General Assembly on their website, and it talked about the five ways that you should be engaging with adult learners. And if you take this as like a blueprint for how to prepare a message, before you speak to anyone, uh, I really do think that you'll be impactful and you'll be engaging. There are some tips that I have along the way that I'll share with you too, but I'm really an open book at this point about, you know, how do I prepare my messages and how do I prepare things that I want to say? So first thing is adults need to understand why something is important to know or to do. The reality is no one is going to pay attention to you if they don't understand why it's uh, important for them to do so in the first place. So I, I think about, you know, like people who jump out of planes and more specifically, you know, our military and uh, why they, why people sign up to jump out of planes and do that over and over and over again. You could never get me to jump out of a plane uh, with a, a parachute because there is no compelling why <laughs> for me to, uh, to to suit up and jump out of a, a practically good plane. But when you're in the military, you know, before you jump out of a plane, you have to have a compelling why of why you are selecting a person to jump out of a plane and why they should do it in the first place. So understanding your audience, understanding what motivates them is super important because if you don't communicate why something is important, then you won't be able to set the context for opening them up to listening to what it is that you have to say. So think about, you know, how do you get somebody to jump out of a plane? 
Well, maybe you tell them, hey, this is a part of your job. Maybe you say this is an important part of the mission because without you jumping out of the plane, we can't do X, Y, or Z. And you start to share why something is important, why a person is needs to, to know something or do something. I do this all the time. So when I'm talking, uh, whether it's a webinar or with my team, I was sharing a message today. And, you know, I said, you know, here's, here's what'll happen if we get this right. And here's what happens if we get this wrong. And you, you put someone in a position to say, well, you know, I don't want the, that pain point. So maybe I should listen and uh, figure out why I need to take action in the way that Joey's recommending. Um, so you want to make sure that people understand why something's important in the first place. Be able to answer at the very top of whatever it is that you have to say, what's in it for me? What's in it for the person that is that you're speaking to? Jumpstart HR is changing the face of the HR industry with their outsourcing, project consulting, and phone support. Enabling startups and small businesses to outsource their HR needs from anywhere in the U.S., from new business and legal compliance to employee performance management and outplacement services. Within the business community, Jumpstart HR is a trusted and reliable service. In fact, companies like Forbes, HR.com, and Inc. Magazine have all featured Jumpstart HR for their easy-to-use, hourly, monthly, and on-call support that is tailored specifically to each client's needs. This saves clients like you a lot of time and money. To learn more, schedule your free HR evaluation today at jumpstart-hr.com contact. The next thing is that you have to realize that this is what General Assembly says, and I, I'd agree, but adults have the freedom to learn in their own way. So adults want to learn at their own pace, and you have to realize that people come in with their own perspectives. And so if you're looking to communicate well at work, which is one of the principles of winning at work is communication and clarity around communication, you have to think about the fact that People, just because you have a group of people all in a room for one particular purpose, that doesn't mean that their motivations are the same. And it doesn't mean that they're going to grasp the information in the same way or process it at the same time. So what I would say is you have to make sure that you respect the pace and perspective of your audience. You want to make sure that you are talking and communicating in a way that gives people room to connect the dots in their own timing. So maybe that means repeating some messaging over and over. Uh, maybe that means driving the main point over and over and tying what you're saying currently to the main point of what you have to say. And it also means understanding there are different perspectives and different challenges that and obstacles that are in the way of people understanding and wanting to communicate and receive what it is that you have to communicate. So I, I like to say, you know, respect the pace and perspective of your audience, because if you lose them, you've lost them. And so you want to just make sure that you are keeping in mind, who am I talking to? What's their um, experience with this topic? What uh, do I need to say on the front end to make sure that uh, we all have the same understanding, shared understanding? before I go into something deeper. The next thing is that you want to make sure that you realize with adults, the way that you make things engaging is you make it experiential. I will oftentimes set like a timer in my presentations or I'll have like for every third slide, 
I'll have this thing. And the thing that I have is a question. It's a talking point. It's a, it's a way to communicate. Um, it's a way to get feedback on what's going on to make sure that A, people have an opportunity to talk and uh, contribute to the conversation, but also it gets people's wheels spinning. It gets them in innovating. It gets them creative and thinking about how what is being discussed applies to them in real life. So remember that sometimes experience is the best teacher. So you could be talking about a subject, but the reality is, is that unless a person connects the dots for themselves in their own way, they may not remember what you had to say, or they may not take action. And so again, we want to make people, they'll remember how you make them feel. So if someone feels accomplished, if someone feels hopeful, if someone feels inspired because of uh, what you said and the room that you gave them to have conversation and connect the dots on their own, I think you'll be a, a great communicator in Zoom or in Hangouts or in Teams or one-on-one -on -one conversations or you know doing a, a keynote speech. Uh, you want to make sure that you give people the opportunity to connect the dots on their own. The next thing I think about, and this is what General Assembly says, is you want to make sure that the time is right for them to learn. So what I like to do is I like to say never rush the main idea. So a phenomenal communicator that I, that I listened to and that I actually was listening to today is, uh, is T.D. Jakes. And I was listening to a two hour presentation that he had or a two hour message that he had. And he didn't get to the main point until about 20, 25 minutes into the presentation. Now, why would he do that? So again, he had a two hour presentation. So let's be relative here. Like if you have a 30 minute window, don't get to the main point 20 minutes in because you'll have lost your audience and they won't know why it's important for them. But what he was doing in those first 20 minutes is establishing a connection, establishing the relationship. And so sometimes you can talk and speak and share information that's really important. But if you're talking to a new audience, if you are introducing a new idea, if you are trying to manage the emotion and tension in a room, you may want to delay getting to the main point because you want to just first establish rapport. Uh, you want to establish connection and you want to establish a relationship that gets the person listening to buy into what it is that they think they're gonna get from you. So I say never rush the main idea. Um, you wanna make sure that you're saying the main idea over and over and over once you've stated it, but don't rush it. Don't get to the heart of something too fast before you know for sure that your audience is along for the ride. And then the last thing that engages adult learners and Really, uh, what you think should think about when you have a conversation is kind of how we, where we set the tone, right? General Assembly said the education process should be positive and encouraging. You want to keep people in their happy place is what I like to say, because the more you can keep people in their happy place, then uh, the greater chance you're going to have their ear. We tune out when folks are combative. We tune out when people are too out there and we start getting skeptical. Um, we tune out when people don't share things that resonate with us. And um, so you have to think about that, right? Do I want to share something that's adversarial? Do I want to make my people feel combative? Do I want to make the listeners angry? Do I want to make them upset? No, because if you do, they're not going to listen to whatever it is that you have to say. 
So the heart of the matter is keep people in their happy place because you want them to feel encouraged, inspired, uplifted. And then once they're there, they'll be more likely to to listen to what it is you have to say. Uh, If you think about people who attract the largest crowds, people who have the largest audiences, uh, they're called motivational speakers. No one pays to hear a demotivational speaker. No one pays to hear a combative speaker. No one pays or buys a book for a demotivational book. No one reads an author that you know, wrote a self-hurt book uh, as opposed to a self-help book. So really, you want to think about keeping people in their happy place and making sure that you do what you have to do to keep people excited, energized, and on target with the messaging. So those are my tips for this week. This is how you'll win at work. Um, you should go through those five things. Make sure that people understand why something is important before uh, you ask them to know it or do it. Make sure that your audience has the freedom to learn in their own way. Make sure that you give them an opportunity to experiment and try something that relates to what it is that you're trying to get them to do. Uh, you want to make sure that you don't rush the main point. So you give everybody an opportunity to uh, start from the same understanding and finish uh, with the same understanding. But then also you want to make sure that the environment and the process is positive and encouraging because, yeah, could you imagine uh, going to a room? um, I think of like a Tony Robbins convention, right? Going to a Tony Robbins convention and really just being told how terrible you are and uh, being told you need to fix your life because you suck and there's no hope for you if you keep doing what you're doing. That's not fun. Nobody's going to want to pay for that. So on the other hand, though, the way that uh, Tony Robbins motivates is through showing people the potential of uh, how they could change and how they could learn and grow and showing that, hey, what I have to share with you today is that thing that's going to unlock the next step in your career, the next step in your life, and the next step in your business if you are an entrepreneur. So those are my tips. If you have questions, feel free to shoot me a a tweet or a DM on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at uh, Joey V Price HR. That's my handle. I'm there, uh, responsive. But really, I just want to make sure that as we go throughout these lives and talk about winning at work and what it means to win at work, you know, we're helping you break barriers that you wouldn't normally be able to break. And we're inviting guest speakers here that can help you understand what tools it is that you need to succeed, especially now that we've we've flipped the script when it comes to how we relate with one another and we're doing more online and remote work. Daniel, thanks for the, he says, thanks for the tips, Joey. This was great. My pleasure. You know, I'm here every week, every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Eastern to address topics that are relevant for your career. Most times we have guests. This time we had a little technical difficulty and our guests couldn't make it today. So thankfully I had a presentation on deck that I'm sharing tomorrow that I wanted to go over with my LinkedIn audience first. But the whole point is to make sure that it's practical, uh, that you're engaged, that you take something from it. And I know it's in the middle of the day. So, you know, sometimes you can just throw this on and go on about your day, keep working, sending out emails, doing what it is that you're doing. Uh, so you don't have to be all the way locked in. But really, if if uh, we're doing what we set out to do, it's not about necessarily just remembering what was said or what was done. 
but you know how you feel when you're listening to this on one of the tabs on your browsers or one of the tabs on your phone as you're checking it, checking in and watching. So appreciate the comments, Daniel. Um, and if, if there are questions or topics that you think we should be covering uh, in future episodes, let me know. We cover them in four specific quadrants because there are four keys to winning at work. And those keys are going to be communication, creativity, culture, and confidence. And those are the four keys to winning at work. So each week we tackle a different key. Uh, we bring in a, a guest, they share their expertise, they share their story, and they share some practical tips to make sure that you can win at work. All right, I got to hit the road. It was great connecting with you all today. Keep those questions coming in. Keep those comments coming in. Hit the share button. Hit the retweet button. Let me know if you liked the episode and have a great time. I will see you next week.